Man, I'm so glad. All right. Um, last week I mentioned that of Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And then verses 14 and 15. And, and that was in the Lord's Prayer. And then in 14 and 15 he says this, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. When I look at this, the challenge for us is to forgive others. But the only way that we can truly forgive others is to remember how we have been forgiven. Jesus is talking about this, but in order for us to truly forgive, we always have to look back. We always have to go to the cross and remember how much God has loved us. How much God was willing to forgive us. And a few, I don't know how long it's been, a while back. The Lord spoke to me about remembering. And he used this phrase. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because I would read that and I didn't understand what it meant. Until he spoke to me about that. And so... This morning, I just want to share with you, we're going to go through some scriptures, and, and there's quite a bit, and it's already late, so I promise to go quick. So I'll speak quick, you'll listen quick, right? All right. Um, but before we look at, you know, sometimes our biggest problem is the fact that we don't remember. We don't remember. We forget too quickly. And so, even as much as we may be looking at this towards forgiveness, but I, I want you to think about it and in your own life. It, it applies to everything. When you're going through a struggle, if you forget God, you're going to have a hard time through that struggle. It's in the remembering that we have the victory. So, you can turn with me to Genesis chapter 26. We'll start there. Genesis chapter 26. This is the first occurrence of this. Verse 23, Genesis 26, 23. From there he went up to Bathsheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring. For my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And Isaac's servants dug a well. Okay, so he's talking to Isaac. And he's speaking to Isaac and he says, I'm the God of Abraham, your father. Why is he saying this? Because he's wanting to teach Isaac something. That as I was faithful to your father, I'm going to be faithful to you. If you will look back on the life of your father and see the things that he has done, I want you to know I'm going to be that to you. If you will remember. 
And the awesome thing about this is, is he called Abraham out of his own family, out of his own land, and told him to go somewhere and didn't tell him where he was going. He, Abraham had to walk by faith. God gave him promises that were only fulfilled by faith. And, and Isaac is the promise or the fulfillment of that promise. And he's saying, look, it, I want you to know if you will remember. I'll do the same for you. And when, and when life gets tough, you remember what I've done for your father. Genesis chapter 28, please. Verse 10, Genesis 28, 10. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there at night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in the place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to the he to heaven and behold, an the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. And so now this is the Jacob is the third one. So you have Abraham and then his son Isaac and now Isaac's son Jacob. I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And if you will go back and look at this, that's exactly what God had promised to Abraham. And so he's speaking to Jacob now and he's wanting them to know. He said, I want you to remember what I've done for your father and what I've done for your grandfather. And if you will remember that, I'm going to do the same thing for you and through you. Isn't that awesome? Man. So he's speaking to Jacob and he says, the God of your father, Abraham and Isaac, because he wants them to remember how faithful God was to them. And if he was faithful to them, he's going to be faithful to Jacob as well. And so when things become hard and they seem impossible, Jacob now has the ability to remember God's faithfulness because the God he's serving is the God of his father and the God of his grandfather. God was calling Jacob to remember how faithful and good and kind and loving God has been to his grandpa and, and his father and God would be the same to Jacob and now for us as well through Jesus Christ. If you'll turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, please. Exodus chapter 3. We're coming to the place where the burning bush was before Moses as he's spent 40 years out in the wilderness after leaving Egypt. And he's, he's in the wilderness and now God's getting ready to send them back to bring them out, bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And so here's the occurrence. Exodus chapter 3, verse 3. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. 
Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Mm. Isn't that awesome? And Moses hid his face and he was afraid to look at God because he knew it was God. He knew God was showing up. He knew God was speaking to him. He knew what it meant to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And before he gives them his assignment, he's calling them to remembrance. If I was faithful to Abraham and I was faithful to Isaac and I'm faithful to Jacob, Moses, I want you to know something. I'm going to be faithful to you. If they could depend on me, Moses, I want you to know you can depend on me as well. Verse 15, Exodus 3.15. God also said to Moses, because even though you have this great assignment from this wonderful God, we're still human beings, right? And you still question it. 15, so God, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever." And thus, I am to be remembered. If I say remembered throughout all generations. Whew. Verse 16, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt and I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so he speaks to Moses and he tells them, hey, I want you to know I'm with you. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as I was faithful to them, I'm going to be faithful to you. And as you lead the people out, this is what I want you to tell them the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was calling to remembrance God's faithfulness to them. Mm. Exodus chapter 4, please. Verse 4. Moses is realizing that this is an impossible thing for him and all he has is a staff. But he also has the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so God proves himself. Exodus 4.4 4. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. He, if you remember, he had him throw down his staff. Now he's telling him, pick it up. So he put it out, put out his hand and caught it. And it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. He's reminding them, Moses, that staff, it may just be a staff to you, but I'm the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that staff in my hands will work wonders. So God is reminding them. He's reminding us of who he is. And what's so awesome about this is God loves to be reminded 
of who he is, not because he's on an ego trip, because, but because he wants his children to be proud of their father. And so, God wants to use our remembrance for him. And, and I want to say against him, but it's not really against him. It's just he wants us to remind God of his promises towards us. Elijah does just that. If you'll turn with me to First um, Kings chapter 18, please. So we have the reverse of this with Elijah. And now he's going to remind God of who he is and what he's done in his faithfulness to the people. Elijah was remembering how God was so faithful to his fathers, and that Elijah knew that God would be faithful in his situation as well. And so Elijah is just simply reminding God of who he is. You're the God of my fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're the God of the covenant that you made with my forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you don't know the story, you can read it, but this is where um, there's the battle going on and the prophets of Baal are there and he's getting ready to destroy them all. So 1 Kings 18, verse 36. And at that time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. And that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me that this people may know that you are Lord, O Lord, our God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Isn't that awesome? Before he brings down the fire, brings down the presence of God, he says, God, I want you to I want to remind you of who you are. And sometimes in our battles, we have to remind God of who he is so that we can receive the comfort that he gives us. First Chronicles chapter 29, please. First Chronicles 29. Get your hands loose, your fingers loose, because we're going to go. You know, I. I hate to tell you this, I, I would read this all the time and I didn't understand. And when God spoke to me and he said, it's because I want him to remember. And this has a whole new meaning to me now. First Chronicles 29, verse 17. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. And this is when they're coming together and they're getting ready to build the uh, tabernacle and stuff. Verse 18, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts Toward you. He's remembering. And now he's reminding God of that. Second Chronicles chapter 30, please. Second Chronicles chapter 30. Verse 6. 
2 Chronicles 30, verse 6. So couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes. As the king had commanded, saying, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And Israel and Jacob are synonymous. That he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. And so he's, this proclamation is going out, declaring, and he's telling them, you know what? You are the remnant of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Brian, can you mute me for a second? All right, Matthew chapter 22, please. Matthew 22, verse 31. I'm going to read two verses here related to that. One out of Matthew, one out of uh, Mark. But you can find this. And they're having a discussion about the resurrection and, and different things. So here it is. Matthew twenty-two thirty-one. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? So this is God. I am the God of Abraham and the God of Jacob or Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now, that would be great. But then he adds this. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Why? Because Jesus is letting him know, you know what? The God of Abraham, Jake, Isaac, and Jacob, he still lives. He's still working. He's still moving through the people that he promised. And he's stirring up that remembrance. Verse 33. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teachings. Isn't that awesome to know that God is alive and he's still being faithful? All we have to do is just remember when life gets hard and we're wondering, where are you, God? Why have you left me? We can remember he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. And since we're still alive, he's still moving. Mark chapter 12, verse 26. Basically the same thing, but I just, I got to read it because I want to make sure we get it. I want us to remember and as for the dead being raised, Mark 12, 26, have you not read in the book of Moses in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And you are quite wrong. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it, world. Wow. And again, this is referring back to the burning bush and, and he's letting us know, hey, we if we will remember, God will still do great things. Acts chapter three, please. Acts chapter three. Woo. This is awesome. It's easy to forget. We need to remember, though. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. 
Oh my. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's Astounded. They were astounded, not Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. What just took place? Magnificent healing just took place. Okay. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, or Isaac, sorry, I want to forget Isaac. The God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. Peter was reminding them that God is the God of the living. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's still doing wonders. And through this, now he's glorifying his son, Jesus. Turn with me to Acts chapter 7, please. We're just getting warmed up, so. Acts chapter 7, verse 30. And this is about Moses again. Now, when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And Moses trembled and did not dare to look. He's reminding them of who God is again. And I put this in here, even though we've looked at it two other times, because God wants us to remember. And this is how we remember We keep repeating it. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 9, please. Deuteronomy chapter 9. And this is going to be for all pastors and future pastors. You have to remember. You're not going to make it if you don't remember. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Verse 25, so I lay prostrate before the Lord for these 40 days and 40 nights because the Lord had said he would destroy you. And I prayed to the Lord, O Lord God, destroy not your people and your heritage, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob do not regard the stubbornness of this people or their wickedness or their sin, lest the land for which you brought us say. Because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land that he promised them and because he hated them, he has brought them out to put them to death in the wilderness for they are your people and your heritage whom you brought out by your great power and by your outstretched arm. And Moses was bringing to remembrance God. He was bringing to remembrance the fact that God had brought these people out. And if you look at the context of this, this is about the golden calf and they messed up and 
And Moses is now interceding for them. He's interceding. And as he intercedes for them, he's remembering God. And he's reminding God for his remembrance of his people. God, these are your people. That's basically what he's saying. God, you've brought them out with your strong arm. You've brought them out. Yeah, they've been stubborn. Yeah, they're sinful. Yeah, but God, they belong to you. This is your promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. First Chronicles chapter 16. First Chronicles 16, verse 14. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham. His sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed as a statute to Jacob, as an everlasting covenant to Israel. Isn't that awesome? He's wanting us to remember. You know, when things get tough, when things aren't going our way, it's okay to remember. You're going to get through it if you remember. But if you forget, you're not going to make it. It's not going to be that easy. But it's in that remembering. And so I want to encourage you to make sure you remember. When you're facing those uncertain times, that's the time for us to remember. That's the time that we can be certain of who our God is. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of the living and not of the dead. Whew. Psalm 106, please. Psalm 106. Can I share with you that when we stop remembering, that's when we start drifting. We start thinking about other things. We start missing God because we're not remembering. And Psalm 106 verse 7 says this, Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember. You see what happened? They did not remember. They did not remember. Say it with me. They did not remember. The abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. They didn't walk by faith. They didn't remember that God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that we remember. Matthew chapter 16. Uh, this Matthew chapter 16 is it's amazing to me how we don't always hear what we're supposed to be hearing because we're human and we have our own filters and stuff like that and here's one of these situations Matthew 16 5 when the disciples reached the other side they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So they had forgotten bread in the natural. Jesus uses this to warn them about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so this is their response. Verse 7. And they be began discussing it among themselves, saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, 
Oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Because he was trying to get them to understand that's not what I'm talking about. Verse 9, do you not perceive and do you not remember? If they didn't have any bread, it's no big deal anyways. If they forgot to bring the bread, it's no big deal anyways. But what he's trying to get them at is to don't forget who God is. Verse 9, do you not perceive, do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Because they weren't remembering. They didn't remember that God had provided supernaturally in these two occasions. Bread. How it is that you have failed to understand that I did not speak about bread. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Why is that important? Because the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees is going to take them away from remembering who God is. That He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That He's the God of the living and not of the dead. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 11. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Remember. Everybody say remember. All right. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And he goes on to some more great stuff, but we're just going to stop there. But he says for us to therefore remember. Remember at one time you were cut off, but now. And that's what I what I'm saying when I open this up with Matthew, when he's talking about out of the Lord's Prayer to make sure that we forgive others. How do you make sure you are willing to forgive others? You remember how much God has forgiven you. You remember how you were lost without Him. And He found you, and so now you're going to remember for others. It is easy to forget God and all the promises that He has for us and and God, knowing our limitations, He does something awesome. Turn with me to John chapter 14, please. John chapter 14. This is so good. John chapter 14, verse 25. John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I, I, I just love this because as 
weak as we are, as limited as we are in the natural, God says, you know what? You need to remember me. You need to remember that I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You need to remember that I've been faithful for generations and generations. And this generation that you're living in, I want you to remember I'm going to be faithful. And because I know that you have a a tendency in the natural to forget me, I'm going to place my spirit in you. And not only is he going to lead you and guide you and teach you, but he's going to bring to your remembrance who God is in our life. Isn't that awesome? Man. And that's why I want to encourage you. It's so important to study God's word, to know his word, to know what his promises are. So that in the day of trouble, when you're facing those circumstances that don't look good, the Holy Spirit has something that he can remind you of. He's got the word. He's got the promises in you. The songs that we were singing today and what Caleb shared about them. That's about bringing to remembrance the things that God has done for us. And the Holy Spirit will help us do that. And you know, the songs that they sang and the Psalms that were written, what are they? They're about what God has done for us. His faithfulness. Luke chapter 22, please. We're almost done. Then we'll have communion. Luke 22, verse 19. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, this is Jesus, he broke it and gave to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. And when he's saying likewise, he means in remembrance. In remembrance. Paul repeats this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night He was betrayed took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. In the same way also He took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's how we remember. I want you to know something. Diane and I have taken communion more in the last six months than we have in probably our whole lifetime. We have faced battles. We have faced things. And we don't always know what to do during those times, but this is one thing that we remember. We remember Jesus. We remember God. We remember the God of our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And her health hasn't been the greatest. And every time the enemy raises its ugly head against her with her health, we share communion together. And this is what, our, what we do. We share it in remembrance of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. We take that bread and we declare, and, and basically we say something like this, God, we remember your brokenness. We remember, we take this in remembrance of your goodness towards us. We take this remembering that you knew that we were going to need healing and that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, by the brokenness of his body, we're healed. We do it in remembrance of what God has done for us. And we do that with the cup as well. And we realize that it's through his blood that we have been forgiven. 
that we have been cleansed and washed. And we do it, we receive it in remembrance of Him. And the enemy is eventually going to get tired of us doing this because we're going to remember. We are going to remember. So every time he raises his ugly head, and it's not just for her healing, it's for other things. We take out those communion cups and we remember. And I want to encourage you. I encouraged you last week. If you need to take some home with you, if you don't feel comfortable with what you have at home to take communion, then take some of these home. And when the enemy raises his head, you just raise that standard up high. And you say, enemy, bring it. Because I'm remembering. I'm remembering what God has done for me in Jesus. And I'm telling you, when you do that, something rises up within you. <laughs> because I want to tell you something. When you remember God, this is what we need to know. And this is how we take our communion. We do it in remembrance of God. But we remember that God is 100% faithful. He's not 99.9. He's not 88.9% faithful. He's 100% faithful. And we take communion in remembrance of that fact. And the more we've been doing that, the stronger our spirit man is getting until we don't even have to think about this, but I'll read it to you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And communion gives us that opportunity to remember that. And so when the enemy comes against us, we just remember. We remember our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's how much he loves us. God is faithful. He's 100% faithful. You know, I, I remember at the beginning of the year when we were talking about the love of God and, and everything. And all of a sudden, God spoke to me. He says, you want to know why I'm so faithful? It's because I love you so much. <laughs> we need to remind ourselves of that. We need to remember, God, you are so faithful to me because you love me so much. And you know what? That means that if nobody else loves you, he loves you. And you can bank on that. You can take communion by yourself with him. That's how good he is. All right, Trey, do you want to play? All right. Trey's going to come up as we get ready to receive communion. And, uh, you know, normally we pass these out. But today, I'm, I'm going to ask you if you'll just come. And I'll, I'll hold it. You just.